Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome to another episode. Here we are, Dad. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Steve. Yeah. Good, good. We're all good down here. The snow's melted, the roads are clear, and it's getting warmer. It is, yes. It's been quite mild today. It's been nice. It's been nice. Bring on the spring. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks everyone for listening and tuning in. We're getting some great feedback on the podcast. We're getting some more ratings coming through now on iTunes. People are rating us. You'll be glad to hear it's five stars. Really? Yeah, five stars. We've had six ratings wow. of five stars. So if you get a chance, uh, please do rate us and write a little comment if you can about what you think of the podcast. Yeah, that's great We news. do appreciate it, so thank you. Now, every week we start the podcast with a story, Dad. Mm-hmm. So can you remind everyone where you left off last week? I will. If you remember, what I was going to do was to go, to go along to a business associate of mine who I knew well, who was a marine artist, remember? He was a yeah. professional artist. Mm-hmm. And he'd offered very kindly to view my work. Well, I was really nervous, as you can imagine. Mm. But I was shaking, literally, when I got there. It meant so much to me, you see. I spent a lot of time doing these pictures, and I thought, gosh, he could slate this, just as my teacher did. Anyway, he, he laid them all out. I think there was about five, six, seven maybe. I can't remember exactly, but he laid them out. It was a mostly landscape work, mm-hmm. uh, normal landscapes, but I, had a, I think I had a snow scene in there and a sunset. All done in watercolour. All watercolour. Everything was watercolour then, yeah. He laid them all out, and he was looking at them, and he said to me, Well, Colin... He pointed, he pointed out to me that one of my trees that I, I remember, I still see it today, he said, you know, the light's falling this way, he said, and what you should really need to do is have the light forming on one side of the tree and darken the other. Obviously, this tree was the same all around. <laughs> anyway, I took that on board and I said, well, thank you for pointing that out. Anyway, he went back to studying and he said, well, he said, uh, and by that time I thought, here it comes. They're going to say they're rubbish. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I thought he was going to say. And he said, these are quite good, he said. In fact, I predict that in a few years' time, you're going to be very well known in the south of England for your artwork. Now, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was like an unreal situation. I thought, how do you move from someone who's just been dabbling around with watercolour to suddenly be well known in the south east of England? I said, well... Really? He said, yes, he said, you obviously got a natural talent which is coming through on these pictures. He said, if you pursue this, you're going to do great things. And I said, well, thank you for telling me. Well, do you know what I'm going to do when I leave you? Is that I'm going to go and book some art lessons. Promise me, he said, you won't do that. What you'll do if you go and have art lessons is all your natural ability will be destroyed. And you'll have, you know, someone who's professes to be an expert say to you, oh, you, you want to do it this way, you want to do it that way. And he said, you'll crumble. What you need to do is to continue the way you're doing because na- you'll naturally develop. Which, of course, it was true. Exactly what happened. Anyway, I went back from there on cloud nine, as you can imagine, I was. And I then worked like mad. I was just turning them out like a, a, a no tomorrow, you know, because I had a tremendous amount of confidence, you can imagine. Anyway, after a while, I got to thinking, well, you know, I ought to take this one stage further because I was seeing a difference in the work. I, I think I'll take some of these in to be framed. There was a framer and a, a gallery in Gravesend that I'd seen. So I went in there and the chap behind the counter was a 
chap called Tony Blackman. He was a professional artist and I'd seen his work and he had quite a lot of his work displayed in his gallery. Now I said, to, I wonder if you'd frame these up for me. He said, yeah, sure, sure, you know. So it was about five pictures I took into him. And he said to me, oh, you know, Colin, these are quite good. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, um, I wouldn't mind if, if, if you feel up to it. Let me have a couple of these and I'll exhibit them in my gallery here see how they go so anyway i left them with him for a couple of weeks went back and and had the, collected the framing paid for them and he said do you know we were talking about uh, you know you leaving these pictures do you mind doing that and i said not at all so he, he took a couple and i collected the rest as i was going out the shop I, um i noticed him going to the window straight away and he was putting my two pictures that i had into the shop window <laughs> I was really chuffed, as you can imagine. Anyway, I went home uh, again. Uh, I, I was sort of on cloud nine, thinking, gosh, I've got my pictures, not only in a gallery, but in the window of a gallery, you know. A couple of hours it was, that's all, and the phone rang. He said, oh, uh, Colin, he said, this is Tony Blackman from the gallery. He said, I've sold two of your pictures. And I said, what? He, said, he sold yeah. them both? He sold them both, yeah. I said, well, that's incredible. He said, well, I thought so too. He said, have you got any more? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yeah, sure. So I let him have a few more. And um, from then on, our relationship developed and we became quite good friends. And he sold quite a few pictures. And then one day, it was I tell you when it was, it was in the summer of 1981. And he said to me, Colin, in Easter, at Easter, I'm going to be setting up an exhibition. It's going to be for all artists. It, I want three artists altogether. I've got two already. And I wonder if you'd be the third one as a, to exhibit your, your work. I said, well, blimey, yeah, not half. He said, all I want, he says, is 20 pictures. 20. Twen 20 pictures, Twen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even one a month. That was Only yeah. 20. Yeah. I said, well, yeah, I can do that, you know, full of it. So uh, anyway, the, the exhibition came round, or it approached anyway, and he gave me a bundle of tickets. He said, uh, I'd like you to, you know, hand out these to your friends and so on. He said, oh, we, we ha always have a good exhibition and uh, we have a private view on such and such a date. You know, obviously these people will be invited if you give them the tickets, which I did. Anyway, the day of the private view came along and it was absolutely packed. I couldn't believe how many people. We were shoulder to shoulder in there, walking around, you know, full of it. You can imagine a glass of wine and talking to people. And it was lovely talking to people about my work, you know, and seeing them all on the wall. Towards the end of the evening, uh, Tony came up to me and gave me quite a shock. And I'll tell you what that shock was next week. Oh, no way. I knew that was coming, <laughs> listeners. I knew it. He was building up to that. I could see the look in his eyes. <laughs> he was ready. He's ready to leave us hanging again. Yeah, well, it was such lovely, lovely cliffhangers. I mean, <laughs> I can keep this going for a long time. <laughs> well, we'll have to find out what, what was said next week, won't we? Yeah, it's fascinating. It's a really interesting story, and it goes to show because something you said at the beginning of that story, when the chap said you shouldn't have any lessons, you mm. don't have any lessons, reminds me of way back in episode two where you said about your school teacher that slated your artwork, that said you know you shouldn't mm. pursue it and things That's like right. that. In fact, your school teacher done you a favour. He did by because if you'd pursued if he'd said this is brilliant you need to go to college you need to go to university and do it you would have had art lessons i would have done and that possibly would have changed the raw natural without, talent without doubt 
that school teacher who made you very upset done you a favour. I never thought about all it those that years way. ago. <laughs> You're probably right. Should shake his hand now if you. I will if I. If he was around. Okay, time for some questions now. Every week we take listeners' questions and I put them to Colin and he answers them. The first question I've got here is, when you do a background, do you decide on what you're going to do before you start it or do you just do it spontaneously? So let's start with that. Mm. When you do a background, do you decide what you're going to do before you do it or do you just start it and see where it takes you? Right, well, this is this is a... This is a very good question, actually. First of all, let's deal with the, the first question, do I make my mind up before I start? There are two kinds of backgrounds that I do. One is a background where you have the subject head and shoulders, animals, portraits, and so on. Well, in that kind of background, you're looking for a diffused background. That subject needs a diffused background because if you, you, the important thing is the subject itself comes forward. Mm. So what you're doing is producing the background to make that subject come forward, to frame it, in other words, and to lift it. Usually that's a sort of out-of-focus, uh, general colour. And then you've got the other background where you have um, animals, uh, complete animals or complete people and so on, where you need a more detailed background. People say, do you do the background first? I've had this, I mean, you know, a lot of you listeners will know that I don't do that. But if I'm asked this by in an exhibition or so, and people say, do you do the background first? Now, obviously you can't do that, because if you do the background first, you're preempting what you're going to be doing. By doing the background first, you'll also find that you'll smudge it like mad when you're doing it, so you can't do it that way. So what I do is I, I never decide on the background completely until I've done the subject, because you don't know what pencil I'm going to use. So once I've finished the, um, the subject off, I look at the selection of pencils that I've used, and I take it from there, and I go from that. If I want a, a light background, then I use a light uh, background colour, like ivory, pink, or light grey, or white. And then I put the other colours onto it. Do you add... Any, so you don't add any colours into the background that you haven't already used in the picture? No, I wouldn't do that. You'd only use the, the colours that you used on the subject itself? Yes. In the case of a very dark background, remember the tiger I did some while ago, that black... Uh, the Prowling Tiger. Podcast. Uh, Artwork, image, yeah, it? yeah. Well, that tiger was very typical. Now, you think, well, you, you've got a tiger there, it's got oranges and so on, and you've got black. Did you just use the black in it? No, I don't. What I did there, if you remember, I put a grey in first, and then I used an ochre, and then we built the colours on that, the darker colours up, so that the, the colours in the animal are in the background. All, it has to be, otherwise it's, you won't get It's interesting what you say about the black, because I vaguely remember seeing that on the on the. the picture you'd put in the background colours but anyone else out there might just think oh did you just put black on that's right exactly because it's a black background but there's a lot more to it than a black background just being black absolutely right oh there's an as I said there's an awful lot to it I put the grey I put the ochre and then I uh, I put mid grey on then the uh, mid ochre the colour of the um, tiger, yeah, and then I built it up with the eventually putting the black on top. So, so what we're looking for, Steve, really, is the pencils that we use in the subjects are the pencils. Some of those pencils are then used in the background, or complementary colours to them. Don't have to be. We as long as we use some of the colours in there. Very often, I look at the eyes of the animals. And, you know, you've got oak or green or whatever. And those colours then can be used in the background. And you get a, you get a nice harmony that way. Ah, OK. So well, that kind of covers the next part of the question. How do you know what background suits the picture? You That's look right. at the colours. You look at the colours. And look yeah. at the eyes yes. for animals. And, and the, other, the, other, the other point, too, is that when you're doing a background, 
you sometimes want drama. Sometimes you want drama. Sometimes you want softness. In the case of a, a pretty young lady, for instance, you know, doing a portrait of a pretty young lady, you want a you know, pretty, pretty background. You know, or the flowers we've done recently, you know, that was a very attractive background. You've got to have something that complements the... I think you get the general gist of that. Okay. Moving on, the next question we have is uh, in your animal videos, when painting their eyes, you demonstrate how to tell if both eyes are looking in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Yours always seem to, but what if? What do you do if they aren't? Yeah, well, if they don't. Do you, do you move the highlight or do you alter the pupil? You can do both, in fact. What you do, you do one eye. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be okay. You never have a problem with one eye, but it's when you do the other eye that you've got a problem. So what you do is you do the other eye as best you can. And then I, I use my hand. I'm sure you've probably seen me do this before. I use my hand, cover one eye, and then cover the other. And you keep flicking backwards and forwards, and you can tell... You know, whether he's got a boss-eyed pussy or, or whether it's okay. <laughs> and say you have got a boss-eyed pussy. Well, what you do then is you choose one of the eyes to alter. And you can then alter very, very slightly. You alter the pupil very slightly. This has actually been done as an exercise. We did. Anybody really interested can download one of our exercises. Could we have the, the animal eye exercise? Animal eye exercise. Excellent. And I do exactly what I'm talking to you now about. Brilliant. So you can head on over to our store, colinbradleyartstore.co.uk, and they can download that, can't they, yeah. to their computer or yeah. order it in a hard copy. The next question we have is, many of your landscape pictures involving trees show the leaves in spring-summer colours, i.e. greens, etc. When doing trees in autumn colours, what are the main colours that you generally use? Ah, Well, first of all, one of the problems you've got with colour as such, like browns, ochres, these sort of colours, is that they can be a little bright. So what I would tend to do is to use a grey before I put those colours on. That subdues them to a certain extent. Um, I haven't really done too many autumn scenes, but I really must have a go at it. Uh, Something that I'm sure that uh, the listeners and the you know, all of my members would be very pleased mm. for me to do. Mm. So I shall do something like that, I promise you. So something possibly coming soon to everyone Ooh, then, maybe. Uh, when in I the, can, yes. In the, uh, but but, but the, the other thing things. is, it's, it's, you've got to think of grey as opposed to the bright colour. If you put too many bright colours on, they're a bit garish. Right. Okay, well that about brings us to the end of another podcast. We'd just like to say that thank you all for listening and also uh, we'd like to make a little announcement on here as well and it's going to be on Facebook soon so um, look out for it. We're doing a new animal picture on our members' site that's also going to be a pack and it's a lovely little puddy cat. It is. It's a, it's a, it's a brownie grey Persian puss. Exactly. With peachy eyes. It's lovely, it's lovely. So look out for that. We're going to put that on in the next couple of days from listening to, uh, from the date of this podcast going up. So look out for that. And the first part will be up on the members' site for you to start and download the line drawing and the reference picture so you can and give it a just remind people, we, we're going to be, from now onwards, we're going to be including an animal every week, an animal an, picture. An animal episode, well, not a new picture every week. Not a new <laughs> picture every week, no. <laughs> Otherwise you've got your work cut out for you. I certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got, uh, yes, a new animal episode Going up every week with another subject. With another subject, yeah. So keep a bit of variety. So even more reasons become a member. Absolutely. Okay, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy Enjoy your your week. week. I think I'll have a biscuit.